We are back, and welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I am your host, Dustin P., and on tonight's episode, we are going to be giving you a special mid-season eight primer, mm-hmm. or if you will, yeah. or a conjecture episode on what we predict to happen in the back half of season eight. But the yeah you heard in the background belongs to my co-host he is genius mcgee genius what's happening man yeah i'm gonna go rob a bank see all right (laughs) apparently genius is no longer with me and edward g robinson has sat in (laughs) you know how's it going man it's going good man um we we actually just screened the season eight episode eight Mm -hmm. uh the mid-season finale which happened actually before christmas so i mean this is for you and I to actually sit down and put this episode together, I mean, it's been a little bit of time in the making. Mm-hmm. I mean, Which was gone... good because it was like a, a new one. Yeah, it's like a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so we get to go ahead and kind of kind of give our thoughts and um, do a little bit of a recap. I don't want to do a recap because, I mean, if you guys have listened to the show before, we've got all of our past episodes out there on Boom Howdy. we got our past episodes out on iTunes and whatnot, so we're not going to recap a lot. What we're going to do is pretty much focus on what we think is going to happen yeah. in season eight going forward. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, I mean we're kind of at a we're kind of at a crossroads with all the the different factions. I mean, the saviors have struck back against yeah. the kingdom hillside oh. and the saviors. And normally, this is where we'd say spoilers, but if it's a recap yeah, show exactly. and you're caught by the mid season, there's no need for that. Yeah, so, if, if you're jumping it now, you done fucked up. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, you probably picked the wrong time to jump into jump into a, a primer episode right? for the middle of a season. So. But no, we we see the the survivors led by Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that they all kind of get together again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've watched the trailer for the 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 back half of season eight, we actually see them all come together again. Yeah. Um. So because they're all together again already in the sewers, they're basically yeah they're they're basically the chuds. Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, they're chuds, and so they're just waiting to come out from the sewers and get them. So we we see Rick, we see Michonne. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big reveal is that Carl has been bitten, mm-hmm. um, and the, the conjecture is it happened when he was out and he found Sadiq. Yeah, you know when he was tackled to the ground. The new Carl, new Carl, new Carl. Yeah, new Carl. Get in the house, Sadiq. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl should just stay in the house. <laughs> so we see that Carl's been bitten. We we see the reaction from Rick and Michonne and the people that have found out in the sewers. Um, it was interesting to see Carl's, I guess, kind of ascension into the leadership role, mm-hmm. um, albeit very, very quick and very, very late in the game. Right. Well, he had nothing to lose, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because if this happened bef- while he was rescuing him, uh, rescuing Sadiq, then he totally would know that, hey, I'm, my days are numbered. But if he knew that, he didn't so- show any signs. So that's where I'm like. Well, the only signs that he showed is, is a lot of the conversation that he had with Rick at the beginning of the episode. You know, you put down your gun once and this, that, and the other, and you can move on from this. And then the other telltale sign, I I conjectured on the season eight, episode eight that we had, mm-hmm. that, that something big was going to happen with Carl. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I said that is because he wrote the note to Enid, and he wrote the... He wrote the, the worst pen, penned letter I've ever seen to his dad. So weird. So, so weird. I, he just wrote weird. I, yeah. I don't get how it, you, it, I don't it wasn't how the message. As, as it was a, the messenger. It was just so like, like he twisted. was writing backwards. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was like he was a right-handed person writing like a lefty. Yeah. As a left-handed person, I was like, that's weird as hell. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, but 
so I, I think and that was the little Easter egg to to kind of give the viewers the the his wonky writing, right? <laughs> like sends up with him. Well, no, I, I think the the two letters and and yeah. his kind of epiphany of how he wanted to try to broker some fashion of a piece. Yeah, to even to offer himself up, he became the absolute moral compass center of the entire universe at that point in time. And once you become that, you are good as dead. That's exactly what we said in season eight, episode eight of uh, of our recap show. Mm-hmm. I listened to it today. It's, and it's, once you become the moral compass, you, you are, are literally gone. dead. You are gone. And he became that. And he became the living embodiment to sacrifice himself. However, going back on it, if he knew he was going to die... That not that it's an empty gesture, but he's like, "Fuck it, come get me." You know what I'm saying? But if that would happen, going against his own plan because it would be Negan's word against like anybody else if they shot him without him going. You know, right? Because they were gone by the time they heard the speech. Yeah, there was nobody left. So that would be like, "Oh my God, Negan killed my son!" You know, and he'd come out Yosemite Sam in it, and, and better than make, Winnie the Pooh in it. <laughs> And make things worse. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm like very heroic for Carl to sacrifice himself. But if he knew the whole time. So, but that's just, I'm like, I mean, not to a make. A little bit too much of abrupt setup right, there. Right. Not to make too light of it. But, you know, it was just, I'm just like looking back on him. Like, when did he get bit? You know, that's the kind of like thing. It, it was, it was the Sadiq portion when, when he yeah. got tackled to the ground. I mean, I'm not saying what his gesture was fruitless. I mean, it was a good gesture. It was a very great moment and he, and he saved a lot of people doing that he totally did and even like negan was like well just when we were having a moment you know so it, it was just like that's just struck like i was like conjecturing once you said like thinking about like just thinking about in politics hollywood shit aside whatever that's mm-hmm. not important what we do here but it's just kind of like hmm it, it, it was really weird when, when you think about carl's character in season eight and even before that he wasn't a throwaway character. I think I characterized him as a throwaway character earlier uh, in mm-hmm. some of our other recap episodes. He wasn't really a throwaway character, but he was definitely underutilized. Yeah, you, because he was, and I, I don't, I don't mean this in a in a way that he was conflicted with Rick, but he really was the Shane character after Shane died. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be Rick's right hand mm-hmm. I mean, and then descent right this is the, this is the world that Rick has tried to build and it's been for Carl and Judith but not to like I mean, pardon the euphemism but he didn't come into play until his balls dropped you know True. when he started stepping up and questioning the leadership and taking matters in his own hands especially in the prison shit when his dad was going AWOL when he stepped up his game and had to do all that until that happened, he was an ancillary character. Mm-hmm. He was get he back really in was. the house, Carl. But until he like grew up and did horrible shit that he had to do, it, he he was just whatever. Now, if he would have got bit season three, it would be terrible because you're killing off a young kid. But the first yeah, episode what is was a zombie he, 14 girl at that time, right? But now it's like he's stepping up his game and becoming the moral as we've seen him grow up become the moral thing but it wasn't and once again until he did this final gesture when like he's he's fucking dead and i think a little bit of it too was his interactions with negan you know when when negan kind of took him on and he he, i guess he made him very uncomfortable by making him show the the eye hole and everything like that 
And I, I think it was really when he realized that Rick was in the right, that Negan is a bad for this world. Not necessarily just bad for Rick and the people, but bad for this world. Yeah. And I, I think you know, Carl even mentions that to Negan. Is this who you wanted to be? Exactly. Yeah, you want to kill a kid right. right in front of everybody to show you're, you're fucking tough? Yeah, and I, I think that was one of the things that, that Carl was good to call him out on. Mm-hmm. But then again, I mean, Negan doesn't care. I no. mean, Negan is out for Negan. And I mean, everybody will sit there, no, he's out there for the saviors, and he's trying to save his people. No, he's not. He's He wants to assert his power. But it did strike a chord with him. It, yeah, it, it did, did. It did hit him. It did make him think, thus buying the time, but also playing that scene like, fuck. You know, I mean, when you have a, a kid half your age, at least drop so much science on you where you it shakes you to your core. You know, you got to stop and think that's going to hit you later on. You mm-hmm. know, so exactly. That's an interesting part in the play. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've got a number of different issues that are that are arising from this whole, I guess, the the saviors strike back against Rick and the survivor mm-hmm. groups. Um, where's Maggie at at this point? I mean, because she just literally murdered somebody. Yeah, but she don't give a fuck. Maggie is becoming, I mean, she's always been a badass, but ever since she, like, the, the Hilltop Rebellion, she has just been uber badass on, like, a par with Carol in her calculations, cold-bloodedness, but it's a different kind of thing. It's almost like, I look as Maggie as... A good Cersei. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I can see where you're going Especially with that. Especially now. Now that she's like, okay, we got to get shit ready. We need to stop fucking around. Let's arm ourselves and fortify because this is where we're going to do our shit. Yeah, this, was is like our, the, this is our last stand. Yeah. and This is their Alamo. Exactly. Does the hilltop have a basement? <laughs> ah! <laughs> a fortified fucking... <laughs> a fortified bike. <laughs> <laughs> Pee-wee's fucking uh, killing zombies with like a boomerang bow tie. <laughs> Does it come in red? You know. <laughs> but <laughs> no. So Maggie's just the the badass. She's ready for this, and she's one hundred percent right. But the saviors let her go, thinking, "Oh, she she's shit." Just, right? You could you could tell. You know, Simon, you know, who genius calls Trevor. I fucking love Trevor. Oh, I keep going. I, I got to talk but, about Trevor. But you have that dynamic, and I, I don't think he sees Maggie as a threat. Mm-mm. And I, I really do. I think the hubris of both Negan and his generals is is really what's going to bring them down because yeah. they don't anticipate Maggie being this, you know, this very – because he, they even say it. When when they go after King Ezekiel, they go, Ezekiel is worth more to us alive mm-hmm. than dead, of course. Mm-hmm. But Ezekiel is is being seen as the important piece. Rick is being seen. Negan wants to make an example out of Rick. There, nobody is anticipating Maggie being this, this uber badass, like you just said. And that, I believe, is what's going to bring them down. I think they. I think it's a combination and, 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 uh, of hubris. And also good tactical planning on their part and somewhat of a – they don't respect her, but they know enough, like, we better leave – we better fucking lay down the law on her or she's going to suck and start shit, you know? I think it's a good tactical plan on their part because the kingdom, while it did produce and had enough enough stuff, the hilltop was always known as the farming community. 
So if you're going to have to take care of all of these people, Savior wise or Rick and the gang wise, it just makes more sense to use the hilltop. Alexandria was always like the bullet farm, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of breaks it down to the Mad Max and uh, Maggie's Furiosa at this point. You know, she's ready to do this. And I'm excited to see where this goes. But there's going to be so much conflict with um, not only between her and fucking kicking ass Trevor. Okay. But <laughs> uh, Jesus, too. Because, uh, damn, like you said, she just came in by pop, pop, pop. You know, who's next? Right. That's asserting your, asserting your power. But at the same time, that is totally what Jesus is not down for. You know, well, and, and the other thing with Maggie too is that you can tell that that shot that she walks away. I mean, she is, she did that to show a, a sign of force and a sign of retribution for what had happened while they were on the road. I think part of it was emotion because she was just so angry that yeah that that it happened yeah. But the other part was that when she's walking away, I mean, she starts to break down because that is not her. Mm -hmm. You know, she she's getting ready to bring a baby into the world. Mm -hmm. She's trying to do. You know, she thought she had a life post-apocalypse with Glenn, and that turned out the way it turned out. Yeah. She's lost all of her family. I mean, she lost Beth. She lost her dad. Yeah. Everybody that was at the farm. So she has nothing right now. And not only does she have nothing, but she knows that she's going to be the have to one, the strong one. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody's spread out, all helter-skelter, and fucking everybody's just on them like hounds. They have to go somewhere, and it's got to be the hilltop. And her in control of the hilltop, it all lies on her. And so her cry, uh, crying at the end is a perfect example of heavy is the head that wears the crown. And, and she knows that. She even makes mention to it when she says, you know, we have to fortify this. We're going to have people coming up here. We need to make sure that we produce enough to be able to sustain everybody. Yeah. Because that is, it's going to be their Alamo. Mm -hmm. So then we go off to Rick. And at the beginning of the episode, we see him with the trash people in Jadis. Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode, I mean, it's it's really like a complete 180 for Rick because you see him all gung-ho. He, he gets to the Savior's compound, and he doesn't understand what happened. Right. He's pissed that the, all the walkers are gone. He doesn't know where Negan's at. Then all of a sudden he's under fire. The trash people tear out and they're they're gone. So he's he's dominant in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden it, it completely flips by the time he finds out Carl's been bitten. Oh yeah. Which so, is a, and yeah. I I think Rick is going to be another uh, another broken Rick, another prison think, Rick. I really you, do. Yeah. I, I think he's going to get to the point. I think Carl in his like dying moments or whatever or dying. I don't even know how long it's going to take for him to turn. Yeah. But in his dying moments. I think he's finally going to be able to to wrangle Rick back and and put him back on focus because when Lori died, Rick wasn't there. Mm -hmm. He he found it after the fact. He didn't even really have an interaction with Carl after Lori died, and that was what was really strange. It was more him. Yeah, it was all centered around him. Yeah, and I think now he realizes that it's no longer him. It's yeah. not. It's not. This is happening to him. This is happening to someone else he loves mm -hmm. so I, I think his his little 180 there from being you know very assertive being very uh, aggressive at the beginning of the episode being very out of control and being completely i guess you could say um just out in the wind with, yeah. with, you know and, and doesn't know what to do well you mean you come you <laughs> you come back from seeing that your enemy escaped to your 
house being th- uh, exploded and, and the gulf in flames and the whole neighborhood just being just a, like a war zone. Mm-hmm. Your son just got bit. Nobody knows where the fuck you're at and everybody's living underground. And like, everybody's everywhere. Right. And that's got to be crazy. I mean, what do you even say? That's why when everybody, when he was walking in, everybody was like, oh, shit, I don't know. Looking down like, hey. Yeah, how do we rebuild uh, from this? Or how do we go back on the offensive? Yeah, or what even you say? You right. know, like, whew, that's got to be tough. But I hope he doesn't go. I hope you're exactly right where Carl has enough, like, the last light of the life to, to hold him in so he doesn't go full- uh, Full metal lorry, right, right. Because <laughs> he's still got to look out for other people, and everybody's gonna be looking to him to answers. So this is the part where he he needs for his balls to drop, right? Because he do, he doesn't have a Herschel character to reel him in anymore, right? So and while as tragic as this is, and I can't even imagine what's going on through. Once again, these are fictional characters and people and stuff like that. But at the same time, that's got to be rough shit. Yeah, you know? he he doesn't have a Herschel. Daryl is nowhere near a person that's. <coughs> of I guess sound judgment to be able to to be able to help Rick at any point mm-hmm. because I mean they're in this position because of Daryl with, with the saviors yeah. at this point yeah. if they just would have let the plan go out to fruition they would have had the saviors completely wherever they wanted them exactly. and they the the saviors would have turned over Negan I have no doubt about that uh-huh. to be able to barter for water be able to water, barter for food and safety there was already there was already a revolt about to happen yeah they were ready to tear themselves from the exactly. inside out if they would just would have laid it and terroritas man terroritas right ah but at the same time everybody's kind of like forgiving them and shit that needs to come back into play I mean like I think it will later on in the episode after they're done after they're done doing the actual uh, aggressive warring. Yeah, uh, I think it will come back and and it'll it'll cause a rift between Daryl and Rick. I really do. I don't want to. I mean, I if it causes a big one and a big major plot point, fine. If it's another one, they get pissed off at each other and then they fight. But this is a big fucking thing. It you is. You know what I'm saying? And while Dwight did say like, "Oh, it was Eugene." At the same time, it was who kind of let him out. At the same time, if they didn't fucking do it in the beginning, you know? It's like, grr. Yeah, and, and Dwight was right. I mean, it, it was Eugene that was trying to, you know, figure out the plan and whatnot. But if if Terroritas, you know, Daryl and Tara mm-hmm. just would have followed the plan the way they had it laid out, fucking the way terrorists. everybody knew that it was laid out, they would have been fine. Michonne was like, this is a bad idea. And Michonne has gone on her own doing crazy shit. So, I don't know. And even Rosita, who was ready to go gung-ho, was like... <laughs> yeah, money's been at night in it. Right? Yeah, so she was pretty much hands-off, too. You know, so it brings us to the third leg of the stool, Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. You know, we have an injured Ezekiel, mm-hmm. both physically and mentally. You know, he lost Shiva. He feels like he let down his people because he did lead them into a slaughter. Um, he's physically hurt yeah. uh, in, in the leg and whatnot, and we see him captured at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But it was good to see him get off his ass. Yeah. Yep. You know, kind of break saying? out of his funk. It was good. The kingdom to s- funk. Exactly. <laughs> Got to have that kingdom funk. <laughs> Jump back and kiss himself. <laughs> but uh, it was good to see him be a badass because we know he is a badass. Mm-hmm. And to help lead the escape, like right from under their noses. And I'm really interested. One, I love the kingdom, right? Um, but I'm really interested in to see what's going to happen now with that one sympathetic general 
you know? Because he's always been the one like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't kill everybody, you know? So now I believe we called him Captain Crunch at the yeah. at, at the end of last or at the end of the mid season finale. Yeah, Captain Crunch. So Captain Crunch. <laughs> so he's the sympathetic one because he stays soggy even in milk, and um, I think he's gonna like maybe be not quite not quite a Dwight character. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to have to make a moral. So do you think he might do a like a morality change or a turncoat? Yeah, at least like if, say, for example, Ezekiel at some point in time is going to try and escape, right? This guy has got to go. some point in time is going to try and escape, and uh, Captain Crunch has got him dead to rights. He'll probably be like, ah, get out of here, you crazy kid. I mean, not... <laughs> Something like that, and, and Ezekiel know? was Ezekiel was very prophetic when he said, "You know, I've, I've shepherded my my flock. You know, I've gotten them to safety at this point. So anything you do to me doesn't matter." I think he understands that even if he is killed, he then becomes a martyr. He becomes a bigger cause in death than what he was as a figure in life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's an interesting play by Ezekiel because he could have escaped. I mean, he could have escaped when he saw Carol. Yeah, you know, and, and he even makes mention. Carol looks at him and goes, "No, Ezekiel, don't do it." And, and he looks at her and says, "Save my people the way you saved me." Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and it, yet he smiles. Yeah, and, and that's interesting with with the way that uh, that that Ezekiel's handling everything because yeah. he knows that even if he's dead, he's still he becomes he's, a martyr. He saved his people. He saved his people. And then he he lives on in the embodiment of a spirit with him. He becomes an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He's an ideology at that point, not yeah. just a man. Yeah. So um, that's I, I, how kingdoms. I'm I'm interested continue. to see how how the three you know the the three pieces kind of play out. So what do we see with? I mean, we've read part of the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't we're I, so far, exactly. I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to go into the, any of the comic books and how they overlay with the with, with the storyline because yeah. there's already YouTube channels on that. There's already other podcasts with that. But what I want to go into now is where do you think? And we won't bring any kind of comic book spoilers into uh-huh. it. Where do you think Negan's going to be? What do you mean? Like, like it, we we've broken down Maggie and how uh-huh. you know what we conjecture her her point. Oh, well, we're, so what, Rick, we're the saviors. So we're the saviors where, where are the saviors, the saviors at? I okay. mean, are the saviors going to get wiped <laughs> out? Is Negan going to be? No. Is Negan going to be killed? I mean, uh, does he set up an epic battle with Rick? I I think there's gonna it's gonna come down to an epic battle with Rick. But what I I'm hoping to see more of is more interplay with Captain Crunch, mm-hmm. more interplay with Trevor because. Trevor is wonderful and terrifying, just like he, almost like a little Negan, but a different kind of. He's they're both kind of scuzzily charming, you know. And keep in mind, we have that we have the other female character that was with Dwight on, on the road, and they escaped. So I mean, not all of them died. So she knows now that Dwight is a turncoat. No, I thought she got killed. I don't think I didn't. I didn't see her actually die. Mm, I thought she got popped. a lot of a lot of other people died right I thought there. She, Maybe. So I mean, but e- either way, whether mm-hmm. she escapes and, be- and is able to tell Negan or whatnot, Negan knows that something happened. Yeah, and he he already he already thinks that there is some type of mole well, w- within his within his like upper echelon of leaders. And even then, even then, he had he had this. He knows that Rick is alive and still out there because they can't find anybody. They can't find any of their shit. They know that they're still kind of armed. 
and that they're out there. So he's going to be on red fucking alert looking for any little dissent. So and he's going to shut that shit down. And so that, I think exactly. that's going to bring a lot of that's going to bring his once again, his hubris into play and bringing it to his downfall, especially with Captain Crunch and Trevor. Yeah. I mean, and, and one of the things, I mean, with, with Negan is that I think right now he's so angry. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's planning out his movements very well. You know, right now he just wants to beat the shit out of Rick and get yeah. everything kind of taken care of with Rick. He's not worried about Maggie. And I really do think he needs to be worried about Maggie. You know who needs to be fucking worried about Maggie? Everybody. Gregory needs to be worried about Maggie. I am ready for Yeah, everybody. I am ready for Gregory to go. I I think it will happen. It needs to happen. And I think it's going to happen in a glorious fashion. It needs to happen in a Game of Thrones style fashion. I'm not saying pour liquid gold on him or like King Joffrey his ass. But at the same time, he needs to go painfully. That would that would make me happy. And I, I, I really do. I think it's going to happen, man. I, I really do. He needs to go. I, I I think he's a troublemaker and like the whole like what it was a coyote in the hen house reference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where I'm hoping he, that happens. So I, I do. I think it's going to be interesting to see what what happens in the back half of the season. Where do you think? Question. Where do you think the trash people are going to lie? Because I, they've turned coats so many times. I don't know, man. Um, I've kind of, I, I've kind of gone on both sides of the fence with the trash people. Uh-huh. I can see where they're why they're playing so many sides because number one, I mean, it, we've seen pretty much all of the trash people. Yeah, they don't have a large community, you uh, know. And I think they're but just they kind always, of they're, they always hide. They right, don't they, need, they're they, just kind of they're they're not really set up to thrive in this world because they're not really a superpower mm-hmm. you know they're not really dominant in the sort of like either rick or negan and yeah exactly that's what that's exactly what they do when the fighting breaks out they just kind of you know burrow in their hole and but there's no kind of guerrilla warfare them. style though right so that's so i don't know I, I i don't know whether or not they you know they they try to formulate another uh, another triumvirate with negan and mm-hmm. whatnot or whether or not they actually go to uh the the hilltop and alexandria side um, I think that Jadis is. Um, I think she's her affections for Rick mm-hmm. are are still. You know, I want to lay with him. Right. You know, let us mate and create super weird babies, which Michonne will have a problem with. Yeah. Um, but I think that she still has has some type of affection for Rick because she sees just how powerful he is and how assertive. Male is right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's a weird dynamic there. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that they're pretty much – I don't think that they're going to be very pivotal at all. I think more than, more than likely they're going to be fodder in this whole war. No, fodder can still help out with things. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you you need somebody to be the front line against cannons. Right. I mean, I like the trash people. I hope they don't turn coat, you know. Again. Uh, again. Because how many more super zombies is Rick going to have to kill to earn the trash people's trust? You know true. what I'm saying? Very I true. I mean, it, there's always the cool, like, gladiatorial scenes, but at the same time, like... How many armored-up walkers can you fight? <laughs> as much as I love the trash people, if they do that fucking turncoat shit again, they just need to turn their guns and just, oh, take out the trash. You know? <laughs> <laughs> little, little Frank Reynolds. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so speaking of, like, like uh, other communities... What the fuck is up with Enid and River Riverside? I think she messed up, man. She, she fucked up. I, I really she, do. 
No, not freeze. Not like, hey. Not like, shoot her in the leg. Right? No, nah, she just capped her in the not back. Morning shot. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> like, God damn, slow down. I mean, I think that I, I think that sets up another interesting little subplot with uh-huh. everything that goes on. Because Aaron is such a, I guess, a charismatic individual. Mm-hmm. I think that he will be able to smooth things over with the Oceanside people. I, I can't guarantee that Oceanside will jump into this fight. Because, honestly, they've, they've survived for this long yeah. without anybody really messing with them too much. But they, they, st- they, they might not have a reason to come into the war, but they also have a reason to fight against Negan. Well, they and they don't have anything really stopping them anymore. Because there's True, a whole... True, because Cindy wanted to help them. Yeah, there's a whole like contingency of the Riverside people. The Riverside girls. Oceanside. Oceanside. Oceanside girls, uh, women, that want to fight. They want to co- kick they some do. ass, right? And the only one that was stopping them was the, the grandma. And so now that the grandma's gone, like, well, okay, let's go fight, you know? So I think they're going to be, like, in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> when, and now the wolves are coming. Or, like, now the hawks. At the very end, they're going to kind of save the day. They're going to, like, little finger it. They're going to veil it. You know, the Knights of the Veil, gotcha. right? They're just gonna kind of swoop in and save the day. I'm hoping because I they've think they've got a lot of guns. They do, and it's something that Rick and the gang desperately need. Yeah. So, so I, I think we've laid down a pretty pretty good base for hypothesis. Um, I mean, we've got about six days before we find out the answer. What about Eugene and um, Ezekiel and the Doctor? The doctor. Mm-hmm. I think is he. Uh, I'm not Ezekiel. Ezekiel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Father Gabriel. Yeah, Eugene Gabriel and uh, the doctor. At this point, I mean, even with his flair and his and his alliteration, Eugene can eat it. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, Josh McDermott's gonna... a great character, a great character actor on this show. But at this point, his his storyline is wearing thin with me just because he's he's not. He's nowhere near, you know, the the character I thought he would be after being uh, attempted to be groomed by Abraham. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, he turned on everything that Abraham stood for. But it's also eating him alive, hence he's turning to the bottle, and that's why he let them go. I mean, I think there's a little bit more in his story that can be told. I don't think they need to spend a lot of time with it. Mm-hmm. I think I think the great th- if they keep. Uh, if they keep Eugene in like small intervals, maybe you do a couple of episodes where it's like three or four different story arcs and Eugene's just one of them, just to keep him relevant in the play, but not right. like oversaturate with Eugene. Yeah. Because I think there's still there's still something good there. There's still a good he can be redeemed. And what makes me think that he can be redeemed in a small way is during the preview that we saw, uh, Negan popped somebody with Lucille in the basement. Right, his his torture dungeon. Right? right, so I'm thinking he's got to blame somebody once he finds out that the doctor is gone because doctors are worth more than gold in in the, in the apocalypse. Right, absolutely. So once he finds out that they're gone, somebody's got to pay the price, and the person that hit got looks like it got hit with it looked like it uh, had a Tennessee top hat, hmm, possibly, or could have so, just been a walker. <coughs> we True. don't know. True, but I don't know. That's one of my con- my conjectures and theories. Yeah, that'd, that'd be interesting to see because I think uh, Eugene has is, is used his utility. 
uh, so far in the storyline, at least for me. I mean, for me personally. I think he can still come into play. He's a smart guy. He comes up with the good ideas that have proven to work, right? He's played for both sides and done both sides well. Until yeah, he, but I think he kind of messed up by backstabbing Rick. I absolutely. really do. Absolutely. He, Rick is not one of those people that trusts forgive and forgive. for the second time. Right. So, but I think that if he does some sort of grand gesture, like right? kills Negan, something, or maybe takes out Trevor. Mm, so yeah. I you can know, see that. So something like that, then he could be redeemed. But uh, it's hard. It's hard to like him, even though he's going that turmoil because he is a character that we have grown to like, right? So it, it is kind of hard not to like Eugene. Yeah. I mean, he, he's like a gigantic kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's almost completely reliant on someone else yeah i mean whether it be rick or abraham or but rosita yeah you know he's always been one of those reliant characters and it's it's kind of interesting to see like he's smarter than everybody he knows he's smarter than everybody but unfortunately sometimes the smart ones aren't necessarily the best at playing the game i know i'm i'm fucked because like i can come up with an idea but then it's not necessarily you just going, can't carry it out, right? Like, okay, so first of all, we need to do is we need acrobats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you we need dancing no poodles, acrobat, right? <laughs> you know, no, no goddamn acrobat. But uh, no, I like to see that. And then Morgan, he's, he's yeah, kind of out there in limbo. Yeah, and he no, he's right there with King right. Ezekiel. I hope, but I mean, he's in limbo in terms of you know what exactly he does at this point yeah i mean does he go after the saviors and try to rescue ezekiel i mean does he regroup with with the uh the survivors at the hilltop i mean mm-hmm. we've kind of seen flashes of where his character is in, in the story but morgan has always been one of those people that he he's i'm not going to say he's always had sound judgment but no mm-hmm. by far but no. a lot of the a lot of the things that he's done as of recently have been of sound mind you know, he, to a certain extent, right? He's, I mean, he's trying to make sure that you know he's trying to keep his crazy in check, but at the same time, he can only do so much. Yeah, he's not—he's not quote clear Morgan, right? But he's definitely not like you know the berserker, berserker right. rage Morgan. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes with the the back half of season eight and going into season nine. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, we've got Morgan crossing over to Fear of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I mean, potentially they could write off his character. We just don't know. Let's hope not. Yeah. So, with that being said, I want to remind everybody that the season, uh, pr- the mid-season premiere of the eighth season of The Walking Dead does mm-hmm. premiere February 25th. Our episodes drop the Monday following the uh, the, the newest TV episode. Yeah. And they drop at 7 p.m. Central Time. So, we try to give you a, enough time to kind of catch up with everything. Uh, that way you can listen to the podcast and see if... You know, Genius and I have conjectured correctly or whether or not we're just completely full of shit, which we are half the time. Yeah. But you're more than welcome to tell us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at Media Rewind Pod or over at BoomHowdy.com. Uh, but with that being said, I am your host, Dustin P. And on behalf of Genius McGee, I'm going to go check the sewers for Bitten Kids. <laughs>